Hey everybody, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. This is the Walking Dead Cast, episode 86. We have another great interview for you today. It's showrunner Glenn Mazzara, and uh, we had him on once before. You probably remember to talk about uh, season two, and and now he's back. And he, because he's the showrunner, he just you know he's into all aspects of the show, and he knows everything about it. He's kind of the main driving force behind the show. So I feel very fortunate to be able to talk to him and ask him all about it. And we ask him some kind of um, you know, tough questions for me anyway. And, uh, he goes really in depth and yeah, I just really enjoyed it. And I think you're going to enjoy it too. So without further ado, I'll be right back with Glenn Mazzara. Hello. Glenn. Yes, Jason. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good to talk to you. Yeah, you too. Um, last time you were on, I got called out from some of our listeners for being too fanboyish. But uh, well, what do they want? You're running a Walking Dead podcast. <laughs> exactly. What do they want? But uh, yeah. I just want to tell yeah. you, we are fans, and I want to thank you for um, this season because it's been really so good this year. Like we have this rating system, you know, we rate every episode one to five and they're all getting like uh-huh. 4.75s, 4.9s. We're going to have to adjust our rating system. <laughs> Why? Because we can't, we can't be that high. No, that's good. That's good. Lower the rating system. Give us all fours across, you know, one out of four, but good. I'm glad. Thank you. I'm glad you're, you're enjoying it. Yeah, we are. I mean, you know, you, you were saying last season that the pace was going to, um, you know, be faster and that storytelling more dense and we didn't know whether to believe it, but you've been totally delivering. So it's why would you not believe that? Because you not believe that? Because, uh, I think in the past, like over season two, a couple of times we saw some interviews where people were saying, Oh, you're going to be blown away. And you know, we're, we are fans of the show and we loved it. But it was, um, I guess, you know, we just interviewed uh, Sang Kyu Kim and he was talking about how you guys realized that on the farm, there just wasn't enough of a sense of danger a lot of the time. And that's correct. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. now there is, and it's just, you know, one of the things that's made a huge difference. Well, very cool. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Thank cool. you. Yeah, we are. I, I was just curious, uh, what is the main way that you find out? what the fans, you know, how they're reacting and, and how, how has the reaction been so far this season? Uh, the reaction has been fantastic. You know, um, um, for the most part, the way that we, um, you know, a lot of people involved with the show do not, you know, look at the online material, the online community, because, you know, it's, it's, once you start letting that in, it's hard to shut it off. You know, yeah, sure. It's yeah. it's hard it's hard to draw a line and and not take every every comment seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm active on Twitter. I enjoy Twitter, so I get a lot of feedback that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and and people are you know very blunt about what they like, and for the most part, though, I think people are are um, enjoying themselves. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there's there's um, uh, certain, um, critics who, you know, I do look at, at some of the fan sites, the reviews, the recaps, the, um, some of the critics, the, you know, uh, weekly reviews, that sort of stuff. I don't really look at message boards. I find the, 
the message boards. I used to, but a lot of the message boards, I think, is a, is a very small audience, and and they just, you know, in a, in a way, it, it becomes, you know, it's for fans to discuss the, the work in minutia, yeah. and so it's very hard for me to read stuff and then not want to jump in and say, no, it was supposed to be this, <laughs> or you're forgetting this, or just wait. It's that's you know it's a setup it's this it's that you know I, I i you know i think what people forget about the show i think what some of the the you know fans forget is this is a story that's told over 16 episodes this season mm-hmm. so there's stuff that people say i don't understand why this is here well it's a setup for something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know there's stuff that that is paying off other stuff there's there's characters being introduced there's there's a certain rhythm to the entire season that's, that's, you know, um, that we put a lot of effort into crafting. So, you know, uh, it's, it's, you can't have everything in every episode. And I really look at the fact that what we've done this year is, is, you know, embrace the fact that we have a very large palette and we have 16 hours worth of material. Mm -hmm. We're only halfway done. Uh, I, I noticed that you're, that you're so active on Twitter and it doesn't make me wonder. I'm sure I would guess that the ratio of dumbass comments and stupid questions to really thoughtful or kind of energizing things is, is high. So does that bother you or do you, are you, you, you must be able to filter it. Well, I think what happened is one of the things that I think I used to do when I was first engaging fans on Twitter was I was answering the same questions over and over. I'm not going to do that anymore. And I was, I think, uh, particularly last year where maybe I wasn't as secure with the material, but I was uh, defending the material. Mm. You you know what I'm saying? I I think I was was new to my job and, Mm. and, and just, you know, really wanted it to be good and, and, and wasn't exactly sure what was acceptable what was an acceptable way to interact with the fans? This is all new to me. Yeah. Okay, I, I just got Twitter this year to engage with the Walking Dead fans. Um, you seem to have fun with it. I have fun. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. And I think um, one of the things that as the show is more in line with what I think the show should be, and as I have more of a track record, uh, more of a... Uh, as I have more confidence in myself as a showrunner, as 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 a, as a writer on this, you know, particular show, on you know, in the particular episodes, the fact that you know, I believe the the back half of the season is just as exciting and surprising and crazy, and actually pushes the boundaries a little bit more filmmaking wise. Mm-hmm. Um, the the fact that you know the whole picture is in my head now. You know, I mean, it's all well, it's not in my head; it's in the can, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. I don't, I don't feel the need anymore to justify the work. Uh, you know, I, I let the work speak for itself. I don't feel like I have to explain things as much. I let people, you know, in the same way that I go to a movie and I may have questions or comments, um, I don't necessarily feel the need to, you know, uh, get Joss Whedon on the horn to ask him questions about the Avengers. You know what I'm saying? So, so you know, or or any filmmaker. So, you know... Um, I'm friends with Kurt Sutter and, and, you know, I wouldn't call him and ask him questions about Sons of Anarchy. So, so I just feel, you know, nobody else is really, um, 
um, you know, defending their work and the felt that in the way that I felt the need to. So I think I think that was just me learning how to use uh, Twitter and just being, you know, seeing it as as a you know something that was more there to be enjoyed and less of an actual Q and A. Mm-hmm. It's cool. I mean, it's it's um, not that common yet for somebody of your you know stature to be that open. So. It's great to have that interaction. Well, it's fun, you know. And listen, I, 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 you know, I hear the negative comments too. Yeah, I yeah, hear yeah. that, and, <laughs> and and those are interesting debates. There's a few very interesting debates out there mm-hmm. that um, I don't want to engage in until the entire season is played out. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, since we're on controversial debates, I, I do want to bring up that one issue that's gotten a lot of buzz that you probably heard. And that is that it seems like there's a pattern of cycling through black actors. Mm-hmm. What do you have any response to that? Well, I'll say this, that um, I think we've killed off many, many different characters. Last year we killed um, Dale and Shane and Randall right. <laughs> in back-to-back episodes. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, we had not killed... As far as I know, a a uh, a black man until T Dog's death. I don't believe we had. Um, I think there was one guy outside the bar in Trigger Finger, just like a, a right, you know yeah. a red shirt of the week who got his face eat. Okay. Yes. So so you know so we killed T Dog and we gave him a death. That was nothing to do with that character's race. It was it was just a regular zombie attack. So now we've killed. Oscar. Okay. Now, part of the thing about, you know, killing this character was we needed a, a, the governor to have some, uh, it, it didn't feel plausible if there was a shootout in which no, no one was killed from Rick's side. Mm-hmm. It felt fake. So unfortunately, Oscar got it. If it wasn't Oscar, it would have been one of the others, but we weren't prepared to kill those characters at that time. Right. So I think, you know, in that particular case, you know, when that character was cast, you know, uh, Vincent Ward came in and he, he was the, you know, the best actor for that role. Mm-hmm. So we gave it to him. Unfortunately, then as we got into the story, we had to kill off that character. Right. So I guarantee that I get, let me say this. I guarantee that. So, so I could just point to that and just say it's timing. Sure. Okay. I'll just say that that was timing and perhaps it was unfortunate timing, let's say. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I guarantee that, over the life of The Walking Dead, we are going to continue to kill characters of all types. Right. We've we killed a we killed a pregnant woman. We we have killed three little girls now brutally. Mm-hmm. So so this particular issue has been singled out, but I can say that in all honesty. Uh, I believe we're equal opportunity killers on The Walking Dead. We're killing everybody. <laughs> That's great. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. So, yeah. so if 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 there was some clumsy timing on my part, hmm. that's not what was intended. And I thank the fans for pointing that out. But we've, I think, you know, little girls don't do well on our show either. <laughs> so, you know, but but um, I haven't heard that. So. Uh, that's all I can say about that. Great. Okay. That's great, man. 
Thank you so much. I appreciate you uh, addressing that. I haven't heard yeah. you talk about it, and everybody wanted me to ask. So. I haven't spoken about it, but <laughs> but I will say that right now we have three. Um, I think you know very interesting, well defined um, African American characters on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, uh, Tyrese Michonne and Sasha, Sasha. Tyrese's sister. Mm-hmm. And let's see what happens. Cool. Great. Okay, so Great, this, the, the, this season, um, I feel like Walking Dead has always had this kind of us versus them quality. You know, people are paranoid about the other, and maybe rightfully so. And now with a governor and his little idyllic town and stirring up fears uh, by calling people terrorists, it, it has yeah. echoes of fears that we have in our society, our post 9-11 world now. Did you, want, did you want it to be a direct commentary on what's going on in our culture or more just kind of playing, you know, to these fears or what? I don't think it was necessarily a direct commentary. It's interesting that you, you pointed out because I actually inserted that word into the script. And, and um, I, I think in a way... The, the word terrorist has become a shorthand for other. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, a terrorist is, is someone that we believe is, you know, going to use terror, you know, to, to achieve their ends. Um, it, it's a very clear line of demarcation. And that's what the governor is doing in that speech. He's creating an us and them because he wants revenge and he realizes that what he has now is an angry mob in front of him, or he has actually terrified people. He needs to turn them into an angry mob, and then he needs to turn them into an army. Mm-hmm. So he's thinking several steps ahead, and because he's a very, very intelligent guy, he's going to use a shorthand, a, 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 a word that is uh, um, you know, fraught with emotion. Um, he's going to toss that out there in such a way to achieve his agenda. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not that's a commentary on, on um, you know, events of the past 11 years, I would just say that that was a, a character choice that our governor made, and, and, and it's fitting to that story. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is, but I mean, I also think that it, it just, it's perfect for the moment because it does kind of get us where we live because of what we've been living through over the last several and he's, years. He's also um, saying, he's also saying we're victims. We're victims. Yeah. We, we did nothing to deserve this. Right. So, so that's something else that he's, he's, um, he's trying to breed hatred. Do you have a pretty good idea of, where he came from and what he was before the zombie apocalypse. Uh, we do actually. I've, I've, uh, we've spoken with David about that, and some of that will, um, I think, be revealed in the back eight in sort of an interesting oh, cool. way, a very surprising okay. way. Awesome. What is it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, uh, I feel like this sh- this season especially, you guys are are doing such a great job of just bringing these really emotionally impactful moments, 
even small moments and big moments, like when they first uh, get to the prison and they're relaxing, but the camera goes around and you can see different stages of loneliness and there's this very touching music, you know, I mean, they, they really, it's very touching. Then of course, Lori dying just got everybody crying mm-hmm. and Rick finding out that Lori died. Uh, do you see the show in some ways as just finding these really, you know, powerful moments? And if so, how do you craft a moment like that? Um, you know, it's very interesting because, uh, uh, thank you for asking that. Um, I believe the show always has to have heart. There's a version of this show that is just, you know, killing and, and, and violence and slow-mo uh, waves of blood and, and all of that. And that's not something that any of us are interested in doing. So what we've done is we certainly have accelerated the pace. I think the audience has, has an appetite for an accelerated pace of storytelling. But if you think about the moments that land, those are when you kind of slow it down. You know, I really uh, love the moment where Maggie says goodbye to Herschel in episode two. Yes. Um, yeah. When Carol looks at the baby and is happy and then looks over at Rick mm-hmm. and realizes that Lori's not here. She must have died. Um, Melissa's performance there is incredible, you know? Um, mm-hmm. the, 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 there are these smaller moments and I think you, you know, it's both. You can't have these, you know, crazy action moments or these moments of horror or whatever without the heart, you know, because you care about the characters, you know? Um, I've also thought that it's very, very important, um, to make sure that the characters have small victories. That's all they're going to get. So when, you know, Rick shoots uh, his last shot and when they're taking the prison field and he smiles to himself and then, you know, the song in the season premiere and, and Carol and, you know, Carol flirting with Daryl on top of the bus and, and, um, you know, a couple of episodes later where Herschel comes out and he's walking for the first time and everybody's happy. There are these little moments of victory. Um, that I think are, are fun for the audience and kind of says that this is a life somehow, I believe these people are going to rebuild their lives, you know, and, and this is something that actually there's a few scenes in the back half of the season coming up that people may say, why is that there? And I can say clearly that's there to prove that this is a life worth living, that these people are not just you know, living in some type of camp that these, these are people who want to have a life. They want to experience happiness. They want to experience hope. Mm -hmm. And, and those little moments of victory, I think are important. That's something that I remember listening to, um, the producers of, of, um, freaks and geeks. Mm -hmm. And, you know, those, those characters needed little victories. There's an episode where the guys, the, the guys go out on the, um, pitcher's mound. Okay, they're they're always getting picked last, and then they go out on the pitching mound, and they were saying, "Let everybody wait for us." It's just a small little victory, mm-hmm. and that definitely influences how I how I approach those heartfelt moments here. Very cool. Um, so you mentioned the scene with uh, uh, Maggie talking to Herschel, and Herschel is comatose. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I read that you lost your mother this year. I did, that, yeah, in March. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. Thank you. And that, and that, um, that, that was sort of maybe what some of the things that you might've said to her maybe. And then I read that, that Lori's scene, Lori's death scene was kind of the opposite of that, where maybe what you pictured your mother maybe saying to you. 
That's that's true. That's true. You know, um, my mom had she had this thing where just she was she was not yeah she had inoperable Sick. damage in her brain, mm-hmm. and I wasn't able to get there in time. You know, um, mm-hmm. and so my sister held the phone up, and I said goodbye, and I basically said what Maggie says to to Herschel. You know, just um, you know, thanking my mom and saying it's okay. You don't need to fight. You know, yeah. and. Um, you know, and I kind of wrote that and, and, and I kept describing what I wanted that scene to be to the other writers. And then finally, uh, Nicole Beatty, whose, whose script it was, just said, just write the scene, you know, and I just wrote it and, <laughs> and, and, and Lauren just did a fantastic job. Um, yes. you know, we just had a, um, we just had a rap party and we had the gag reel and you can see that, you know, Scott Wilson is actually snoring during that scene. He fell asleep. So, so <laughs> yeah, this incre- it's this very, very sad scene and everyone's trying not to laugh because Scott is, is just snoring and he's all mic'd and everything. So, um, anyway, so then, so then when we got into the script four, you know, I, I, you know, wrote that speech that, that, you know, Laurie speech to call. And, um, you know, and Song Kim did a great, great job on that script, but that, that was just something that I needed to, to write. You know, that happens on a lot of these scripts. I just kind of pop in, mm-hmm. screw them up, and the writers will say, what are you doing? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I thought we needed it. I thought we needed it. And, um, you know, and I'm just thankful that, that we, that I was able to do that. You know, if, if I was uh, writing on another show, I'm sure, that showrunner would be confused as to why I was inserting these scenes, but right, right. they were meaningful here. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think uh, Sarah Wayne Callies even said that you'd talked with her about it, and and she kind of improv some of the things that you said that weren't even in the script, and it felt like she was really saying that to Chandler Riggs. So mm-hmm. it's just so great. Yeah, let me let me say this: that was what was incredible. I don't think I've talked about this, but what was incredible was. I had to tell Sarah she was being killed off on the same day that I made that phone call to my mother. So I called Sarah, left a message, said, call me back. And then I called my sister and she was making funeral arrangements. And I said, run back to the hospital. I want to say goodbye to mom. So now I'm sitting around waiting for the phone to ring. And I don't know who's going to call first. <laughs> so I sat there for about an hour and then my sister called and I said goodbye to mom. And then, and then, uh, you know, I was just, it was, you could imagine painful. And then, you know, about half an hour later, um, um, Sarah called and I just said, you know, uh, I just kind of gave it to her straight cause I was all tapped out. It's very difficult to tell these sure. actors what's happening, but she was incredibly, um, generous, loving and professional. And, and I just kind of gave her the news and then, and then we, we, you know, dealt with it, uh, later. What was it like for you to watch her play that scene? It must have been pretty emotional for you. It was emotional for everybody. You know, it was, I mean, look, look at the work she's doing there. I think uh, Sarah's, you know, work uh, this year has been her best on the show. I think she's been absolutely fantastic. She really delivered and she was just so fantastic. Uh, Chandler needs to be recognized. You know, I mean, I, I cannot yes. imagine that, you know, unfortunately... You know, th- this this group was not recognized by the SAG Awards. But but look at those three performances there by Lauren, Sarah, mm-hmm. and Chandler. It's just a very, very Lincoln. scene. 
right? And and then Andrew Lincoln yeah. afterwards in yeah. the next scene. Yeah, incredible work, and and uh, you know, and it's easy to forget. You know, Chandler's a, a young man. But I mean, his. I mean, you know, last year everybody was making jokes. You know, call stay in the house, call stay in the house. And when we started, <laughs> you know, the beginning of the season, I said, "Well, call the child soldier." That's not the question now. Now look what this guy's doing. He's running all around the prison. You know, saving Tyrese, locking him up, puts down his own mom. I mean, and that's just the strength mm-hmm. of Chandler's uh, talent. I mean, he's he's an incredible totally. young actor. Yeah, if you would have told me that was going to be the storyline, I would have said, "Hmm, I'm not sure." But the way it's really working, yeah. He, uh, when I when I see that, I'm like, "Yeah, I'd, I'd love to have that kid with me in the zombie apocalypse." Yeah, yeah. I I, I it, it it surprised me to hear that um that what happened with your mother, which was so very personal, showed up in the show like that. And um, I wonder if you guys, if you writers all draw from your personal experiences and they show up in different places in the show. Is that pretty common? Um, well, I, I don't, I, I think there are certain types of writers that draw on that personal experience. There are others that don't, you know, okay. um, I don't know if there's anything in the show that's as personal as that. Um, right. but that's something that, you know, I think, uh, you know, the question is why, why do you become a writer? You know, you become a writer to, you know, have some type of artistic expression to, to put yourself out there. And all you can do is really either mine your observations or mine your emotional life or both, you know? And, and one of the things that I think is important in anything I write is to try to, you know, make it honest and make it feel real and, 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 and try to put yourself into that, you know, into that world. Um, what we're not doing on this show is, you know, what do other zombie, you know, what's been done in zombie films and then let's do our version of that. That's not, that's not it. You know, and I've been on TV shows that have been written like that where people just look at, you know, you know, the, the, the literature that's out there, whether it's film or other TV shows or comic books or whatever, and just say, oh, we're only doing that. I think for anything to be um, successful and, and emotionally resonant, uh, you need to have that, that sort of spark. You need to kind of take a chance and put yourself out there and wear your heart on your sleeve. And that's just something that I try to um, um, incorporate into my writing. And I think that that you know, fortunately, this is the right place for that. You know what I'm saying? Um, it didn't really sure. work on criminal mind suspect behavior. You know, mm-hmm. like it just wasn't that type of a show. This is a show that right. I think I think has a tremendous amount of 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 heart, and that's why we care about these characters. They feel real. I'm sure it helps that the comic is is like that too. Yes, of course. You know, I mean, all of this comes from Robert's. Um, you know, comic book, you know, and, and, and Robert yeah. puts a lot of himself in to that work. I mean, he has to, it's his vision. So it's his world. He's the creator of that world. So that's exactly, you know, that's what's, uh, you know, in one way, that's kind of what drew me to, to the project. You know, I mean, it wasn't just a, a way to tell a, a zombie story. It was a way to, you know, there was something there. It was about the people, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, a couple more questions. When you're writing these characters, I imagine that you need to get into their heads and 
uh, empathize with each one, even though they might be at odds with each other, which I, I find like to the thought of that impossible. I don't understand how you do that. And I wonder, do you get into each person's head one at a time or do you, can you do ha- hold them all at once? Or am uh, I overthinking that's this? a good question. <laughs> um, no, I, I think, I think, as a showrunner, I try to hold everyone in my head at once. Like I can sort of figure out where everybody is and what they're doing and, and what their attitudes are. But, you know, I've okay. on other shows that I've worked on, you know, particularly the shield, Sean Ryan wrote like this is, you know, he didn't want conflict for conflict's sake. So the way to do this is really, I think to rip off David Kelly in a way, because what David Kelly does when he's, um, having his characters argue is he has one character um, make a point and you're watching and you go, yeah, that's absolutely right. And then you have, then he can flip and have the opposite side of the argument and go, yeah, that's absolutely right. <laughs> and so now you have two opposing views, both completely valid. That's something that I, 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 have tried to do in my writing. That's something that we talk a lot about in the writer's room. And, and you could, you know, put that into, um, you know, any scene. And so, and, and that's a good scene. That would be a good scene. What's important is not just to have a, a group of people all with the same opinion, you know, give everybody a, a particular, you know, a specific point of view, um, and fortunately we've now been doing it for enough episodes that if you gave me a scenario, we could probably, you know, you could do it too. You, you know what everybody's really going to think at any moment. You know, the, the, mm-hmm. the actors have done such a good job of bringing these characters to life. You kind of know, mm-hmm. okay, well, that's not going to work for Rick or no, Michelle's not going to buy that or whatever, you know? So, so, you know, they have individual personalities. It's just a matter of, of making sure that they're all valid. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you have a sense of how many seasons this show can go? And do you have like general ideas of season four, season five? Well, I do, I do have some, um, long-term, you know, goals, you know, on the show. And obviously there's great, great scenarios from Robert's book, um, to draw upon, you know, um, Mm -hmm. but I think, um, you know, right now what we're doing is, is just, you know, we've just wrapped the season. We're editing the, the, uh, we just locked episodes 14 and 15 and we're, you know, I'll see Ernest's director's cut on, on Monday, um, Ernest Mm -hmm. Dickerson, who, who, you know, I just beat up because we just give him the hardest, <laughs> you know, most difficult episodes. And, yeah. uh, you know, he, the finale, I think, is just going to top them all. So I'm excited to see that. And then I think people just are going to, you know, enjoy the holidays with their families. So uh, one, let's see, just a couple of short ones. Um, I'm, I've always been curious, and I know you probably aren't going to answer this, but I want to know if Randall's group was actually evil and would they have overrun the farm and killed everybody? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, uh, yeah, I, the way we talked about it was the, uh, Randall's group was, was, uh, mostly men and they certainly would have been a threat, you know? Yeah. I'll, I'll answer that. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Thanks. And last, do you ever have zombie dreams and are you ever the zombie in the dreams? 
Actually, no. I've only had one zombie dream. Uh, just um, you know, say since since we've uh, premiered in October. Uh, no, I was getting eaten apart. What a horrible way to go! So uh, I was I was getting eaten, and that was the only dream I've had. So no, um, maybe I should be the zombie. But no, I was running. That was terrible. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't sound fun. Yeah. Okay, man. Um, thanks so much for coming on. Okay, good. If you need anything else, just let me know. But thank you so much for your your time and your interest, and and I just um, love that that you and Karen are such fans. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Okay, man. Okay. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.